Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue his Thursday-Friday message series this month on the tabernacle. We continue where we left off last Thursday and Friday, which is in the Holy of Holies. Here's Tom Cantor. The Holy of Holies was totally covered, so without any light, no artificial light, it would normally be totally dark inside. But there was light. There was light in the Holy of Holies. It was not the light from oil burning. It was not the light from burning candles. The light in the Holy of Holies was a miraculous light. And it was from the light of the glory of God. And that glory was called the Shekinah glory of God. And that was the light. So from inside the Holy of Holies with this light, I already said, when you look down, no covering. But when you looked up, oh, there was covering. And you looked up and there were four coverings. And the first covering, the one that you saw, was pure white linen. This linen came from Egypt. Egypt is still famous for its linen today, Egyptian linen. And this linen was fine twined. Like we talk about so many threads in Egyptian cotton, it was fine twined. And twisted into this beautiful white linen were three other fabrics. One was dyed blue, another purple, and another scarlet. The white, the blue, the purple, the scarlet, those are the four colors of the tabernacle. Now, what's the symbolism of those four colors of white, blue, purple, scarlet? White. White represents purity or sinlessness. So the white linen in the tabernacle speaks of the sinless purity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The prophet Isaiah described this beautiful purity in him when he wrote in Isaiah 53, 9, he had done no violence, neither was there any deceit in his mouth. That white linen reminds us of how he was the only man to live an absolutely pure and sinless life on earth. The book of Hebrews, it describes how the Lord Jesus Christ retained his purity. He remained sinless on earth. And it puts it this way, Hebrews 7.26, For such an high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. White, his purity. The next color is blue. Blue is like the sky. That represents heaven. So the blue material in the tabernacle, that speaks of where the Lord Jesus Christ came from. Where did he come from? He came from heaven. That's what he said in John eight twenty three. I am from above. I am not of this world. Blue reminds us where he came from, heaven. Next color, purple. Purple represents royalty or kingship. So the purple material in the tabernacle, it speaks of the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ. When Nathanael saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he called him in John one forty nine, Rabbi, 
Thou art the Son of God. Thou art the King of Israel. And when Herod's Roman soldiers mocked and beat him, and they put on him a crown of thorns and a purple robe. Why'd they put the purple robe on? Royalty. A purple robe. And in derision, they said, John 19, 3, Hail, King of the Jews. And when the Roman ruler Pilate asked him if he was a king, the Lord Jesus Christ replied in a majestic way in John 18, 37, To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that over his death cross, and that's what it was, a death cross, over his death cross, they nailed a sign, and that was recorded in Luke 23, 38, written over him in letters of Greek and Latin, And Hebrew, this is the king of the Jews. What a sight that was. That sign over his death cross, it told it all. Picture yourself. Just put yourself at that place, at that time. And there you are. You're standing there in front of his death cross. And you're looking at that sign, the king of the Jews over in him. And as you stand there and you look up and you see that cross with that sign, a message just overwhelms you. What's the message? You stand there gazing at the cross. The sign and the clear message is here in front of you now on this death cross is the king of the Jews. And what you see is this king caring for his subjects like no other king ever did before. What you see is this king of the Jews on this cross. Now he's purchasing tickets into heaven for his subjects by his death. What a sight. Imagine for a moment that you are a member of a family and you're ready to take a boat trip. And the father leaves the family, and he goes alone to buy the tickets for each member of the family. When he returns, he hands to each person their ticket. Here's your ticket. Here's your ticket. Here's your ticket. The trip is to heaven. We are the members of the family of the Lord Jesus Christ. He went away alone to go buy the tickets. When he comes back and he hands to each one of us our ticket, We notice in his hands are holes, nail holes. And when we see the nail holes, as he gives us our ticket, we remember the price he paid for our ticket. Our ticket for our safe passage to heaven was purchased by his death on the cross. What care this king has for his subjects. How appropriate that in the very process when he's buying the tickets to heaven, that a sign is put over his cross. This is the king of the Jews. What a king he is and how glad we are to be a part of his kingdom. Then the purple in the tabernacle, it reminds us of this care of the king for his subjects. And every time we see the purple in the tabernacle, we remember the king and how he cared for us, his subjects. Next color, scarlet. It represents blood or suffering. In the Middle East, fabrics were dyed red because of a scarlet worm. 
When this scarlet worm was crushed, it gave off a red dye liquid. That's what they used to dye the fabrics red. So whenever you saw a red fabric, it reminded you that the worm died and was crushed to make that fabric red. It was drama. In Psalm 22, there's a record. The whole psalm is a record of the thoughts of the Lord Jesus Christ from the cross. Have you ever wondered that? Have you ever said to yourself, I wonder what he was thinking? The Gospels tell us what he said in the last words of the Lord. But Psalm 22 tells us what he thought from the cross. And he spoke of himself like being like that scarlet worm. His thought was in Psalm 22, 6, he thought, I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. I am a worm. I am the scarlet worm. I am the worm that is crushed and gives up his, the red liquid that's used to dye fabrics. So the scarlet material in the tabernacle, it speaks of the suffering and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It speaks that when the Lord Jesus Christ set out to save, to make an atonement for his followers, he knew, he knew there was only one way to make that atonement. He knew that he was going to have to be crushed like that worm because that was the only way, and he knew it, to save his people, as stated in Leviticus 17.11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So when the Lord Jesus Christ came to earth, he was already resolved in his mind, that he was going to be the worm that's going to be crushed, that he would be crushed like that worm, that he would lay down his life to save men. He said this in John ten eleven. I am, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. And again, in John ten fifteen, he said, I lay down my life for the sheep. And again, speaking of himself as the Son of Man, he said in Matthew 20, verse 28, The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And the red color in the tabernacle, it reminds us of this. The red color of the tabernacle speaks of the lifeblood of the Lord Jesus Christ that he poured out. What he says about himself in Psalm 22, he says, I am poured out like water. What says that about him in, in Isaiah 53, he hath poured out his soul unto death. And the red color It reminds of how he poured out his soul unto death, and he was poured out to make an atonement for us, for the souls of men. Red. Those were all the colors on the white linen that formed the innermost covering of the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies. And those colors spoke of the Lord Jesus Christ. The white speaks of his purity and his sinlessness. 
The blue, his deity. The purple, his royalty. And what a care this king has for his subjects. The scarlet, his suffering being crushed for us. But you know what was amazing about this? You only saw this from inside the Holy of Holies. You only saw this from inside the tabernacle. And very few people went inside the tabernacle. Very few people ever saw these magnificent colors. Why? You couldn't see them from the outside of the tabernacle. The only ones who ever saw these wonderful colors were those who entered into the tabernacle and they saw them from the inside. You know, most people, when they look at the Lord Jesus Christ, they see a good man, a prophet, a martyr, someone who is very loving, but not that impressive. They never see the beauties of his purity. They never see the beauties of his royalty and care for his subjects. They never see the beauty of his deity. They never see the beauty of his suffering. And just as those colors were seen only by a few, so it's only a few that see the true beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ, because those beauties are seen by revelation. God opens eyes. God shows the beauties of his Son to those who in humility seek God with all their heart. And then God the Father, in essence, says, have I got a surprise for you. And he takes them on the inside, and they see the absolute stunning beauty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes they, having seen this, they rush out and they go find some lost person and say, have you seen the beauty of this? And it's just like they're talking to a blind person about the beauty of a sunset. And he's describing, can you see it? It's so beautiful. The colors, he can't see it. He's blind. But thank God, any blind person, any sinner who, is, who, who seeks God with all of his heart, God says, I'll give you sight. And when I, when I give you sight... You will see my son like no one else has ever seen him. Now, the next covering after the linen that was on top of the linen was goat's hair. Now, since goats in the Middle East are black, this was a black covering. Goats in the scriptures speak of the substitutionary death of the whole burnt offering. The priest would typically put his hands on the head of a goat And he would confess the sins of the children of Israel. And that goat was then killed. It was called the whole burnt offering because the whole body of the goat was placed on the altar and it was consumed, totally consumed by fire on the altar. This was a substitutionary execution. And it was seen first, we saw it with Abraham. When he was called by God to sacrifice his son Isaac on a mountain called Moriah. Here was Abraham, the father. Here was his son, his only son, Isaac, who God said, I know you love him. God told him, take now thy son, thine only son, whom thou lovest. And as the father and the son for three days made their journey to Mount Moriah, And in that final approach, as the father and the son were walking up 
that hill. And Isaac, with the question that had been in the back of his mind from the very beginning, but he didn't ask, and he waited till the end, and, 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 he, and he asked a question that has resonated down through the millennia when he came out of his mouth. And he said, he said to his father Abraham in Genesis 22, 7, and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, my father, oh, the tenderness of it. He said, my father, and he said, here am I, here am I, my son. What was Abraham saying? Abraham was saying, Isaac, you're my son. You're my only son. I love you, Isaac. I'm not hiding anything from you, Isaac. I will tell you everything, Isaac. I will be transparent. And Isaac asked the painful question to his father. He, I, Abraham knew God has called me to kill my son. God has called me to sacrifice my son. And now my son is asking me, he's saying to me, my father. And he's torn here. Abraham is torn. And, and the question comes out of Isaac's mouth. And he, and he said, behold the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? What is the father going to say? Is he going to sit there and he's going to say, my dear son, uh, God has called me to kill you. But Abraham speaks like a prophet. And he replies to his son in Genesis 22, 8. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And then it reads, so they went, both of them together. What a statement. What a response. Oh, how did he know to say that? It was like a prophet. And that answer resounded down to the millennia. My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. He What was Abraham saying? My son, God knows we need a lamb for a burnt offering. God's loving, God's provided, God created. When he God created and he put Adam in the garden, he made everything beautiful for Adam. He made all the food. He even made a helpmate for him. Everything he provides, provides, provides. God saw, he anticipated before Adam even needed it. He provided everything for Adam. And he was saying here, he knows, he knows we need a lamb for a burnt offering. And when Abraham said, God, and he brought to light to Isaac the aspect of God as being the provider, you know, when it says, so they went both of them together, do you know what that means? That means that Abraham had said something so right that there was shalom, that there was harmony, that the disturbance that was in Isaac's heart and Abraham because Abraham turned their eyes Godward to the Lord Jesus Christ. And in that God aspect of being the provider, harmony came, peace came. A storm was stilled. There was calm because there was calm in saying, I don't know how my son Isaac, but I know who. And the who is more important than the how, because the who knows the how. And I don't need the how, I need the who. And so when he answered that question, God, he was saying to his son, it's God. God's going to take care of us, Isaac, you and me. And God did take care of them. 
and they went together with peace, with shalom, with harmony, because they knew God was going to take care of them. And God did provide himself a lamb. He did provide himself a lamb. That was our substitute. And when the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins, there he was, the very one that Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. And Abraham could say to Isaac, you can bet your bottom dollar on this, Isaac. And sure enough, God provided himself a lamb. And that was our substitute. And the goat's hair covering that's in the tabernacle speaks of God providing himself a lamb for a burnt offering, the substitute for our sins, the goat's hair speaking of how the Lord Jesus Christ died as our substitute, the cross he died on. That was our cross. The nails that were driven into his hands, those were our nails. That's how the prophet described him as taking our crosses, taking our nails in Isaiah 53. Listen to these words of Isaiah 53. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. God said in Isaiah 53, this is my righteous servant, justifying many, for he shall bear their iniquities. He bore the sin of many. The goat's hair, the goat's hair speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ, our sin bearer, our substitute, our whole burnt offering. Above the goat's hair, were ram skins dyed red. That was the next covering. After the linen, after the goat's hair, now the ram skins dyed red. The ram in the scripture always speaks of dedication. The priest would take the shoulder of the sacrificed ram and he would wave it before the Lord as a wave offering. So the ram skins dyed red were reminding of the dedication. And what kind of dedication? The ram skins were dyed red. The red, again, using the scarlet worm, reminds of the dedication. This was a dedication in which he died. And just as the worm died, to give up the red dye liquid. So the the dedication of the Lord Jesus Christ is seen that he died. This was a dedication all the way to death. The ram skins dyed red speaks of the dedication of the Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father all the way to death. And the Lord Jesus Christ said through King David in Psalm 40, verse 7 and 8, Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it's written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. Oh, can't you picture with me the scene of God the Father expressing his will 
to save man. There's God the Father. This is like the father of the prodigal son. His will that his son should be saved. His prodigal son should be found. There's God the Father expressing his will. Man should be found. Man should be saved. But it would involve a self-sacrifice. Can't you see the scene? God the Son speaking up and saying the words of Psalm 40, verse 7 and 8. Lo, I come. I will go, Father. I will go. I delight to do your will, Father. If that's your will, that's my delight. All the way to death. Tom, in today's teaching, you quoted John ten eleven about the Good Shepherd. What makes the Good Shepherd good? Actually, the word good is almost like an understatement because it's not just the good shepherd. He's the great shepherd. He's the incredible shepherd. He's the shepherd beyond compare. And what makes him all of this? Three words. And it's really the last three words of the verse. Let's read the verse. John ten eleven. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That's it. It's for the sheep. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you enjoy this Thursday and Friday message series this month on the Tabernacle, and we hope that those of you located near San Diego, California, can come out on Museum Day and visit us at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California, on Saturday, September 29th. There you'll be able to meet Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God radio program, as well as other great guest speakers such as Ray Comfort. You'll also be able to see a full-size light and sound display exhibit of the Tabernacle. Join us again tomorrow as we continue studying God's tabernacle.